the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's on Brock versus the Vikings. This is going to be a fun episode to get into. Normally right now, I do matchups the 49ers can exploit against the Minnesota Vikings. But I think this is one of the key matchups in this game that's very important for the San Francisco 49ers. And a lot of weight that's going to be put on Brock Purdy's shoulders. And I know a lot of the times play, you know, people talk about the players he's got around him and all the talent that he's got. Uh, but Brock Purdy also has got some pressure on himself to rebound from what happened against the Cleveland Browns. Now, don't get me wrong. Cleveland Browns are a very good football team, the best defense in the NFL, and they played really well against the 49ers. But Brock Purdy definitely understands that he left some plays out on the field that he knows he can make. In fact, we all know he can make them because we've seen him make them on a consistent basis. I believe this was just a one-off. He had a little bit of struggles. Uh, there were some other things that went didn't go their way, whether that was you know negative plays or penalties. You know, sometimes things just go don't go the way you want. You're in a dogfight. The main thing is when you're in that dogfight, you hope when you get to the end, you have an opportunity to win. The 49ers did that, and Brock Purdy's a big reason why, leading him on that last drive down the field, making some clutch throws in the process. But now he's going to be going against a Minnesota Vikings team that is looking to keep their season going. Because at 2-4, and four, they are potentially a loss away from you know the front office looking at this and just completely blowing the thing up. Trading away big-time players like potentially Daniil Hunter or even trying to move Kirk Cousins, which we know Cousins says he doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, but they could go into full rebuild mode. They could start looking to the draft and looking to acquire as many assets as possible. Would they win over the 49ers, though? The Minnesota Vikings stay in the thick of things, especially in the NFC North and in the NFC playoff picture. They're not out of it. So this is a significant game for them. They're going to be highly motivated, and they're a very aggressive team. They like to bring the blitz. They like to come up around the line of scrimmage and put pressure on the offensive line and on the offense to make the right read at the right time. And this is not something new that Brock Purdy hasn't seen before. The New York Giants blitzed him at a high rate. He just went against a Cleveland Browns defense that kept eight in the box and ran a single high safety pretty much the entire game. So he has an understanding of what he's going against. But I'm going to explain in this episode why it's on Brock first. And then we'll go through some key matchups as well you know, that are going to be ones the 49ers need to make sure they win against the Minnesota Vikings and maybe ones that they can exploit against a pretty good Minnesota Vikings team. I don't think they're great. I don't think they're bad. I think they're kind of middle of the road in the NFL, and the 49ers have to make sure they win the games they're supposed to win. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info. With up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each the LCS all the way through the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. 
Don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So let's get into this. What does Brock Purdy mean to do with it all being on him? And of course, I say it's all on him, uh, but the fact is, what it really on him is him leading the charge, him making the first decision that impacts the rest of the things that happen. All the dominoes fall into place with what Brock Purdy sees and what he relates to his teammates. Of course, he gets the place from Kyle Shanahan, but it's his job to make sure they're in the right play, the right formation, the right motion, and that he makes the right call. It's really tough, and that's why it's not easy to be an NFL quarterback in this league and why there's not very many great quarterbacks in the league. It's tough business, and guess what? Everyone on the opposing side of the field is really good. It doesn't matter if that team is a 0 for team, they haven't won a single game, or if they are undefeated. These guys have a lot of talent, and on any given day, they can make a big-time play for their football team. So it's about Brock executing and being accurate. One of the things we noticed in this football game was Brock was a little inaccurate with his throws, especially on throws that were over the middle. Anything up the hash or something breaking over the middle, Brock Purdy was throwing those footballs behind the football player. And the week before, it was Brandon Ayuk. This time, it was pretty much everyone that ran those routes. Uh, so where he threw with great precision in the Dallas Cowboy games, over the middle of the field, over the top of linebackers, uh, to the exact right spot they were supposed to be. In this game, it wasn't as fluid. He didn't look as comfortable. He was drifting a little bit more. Could that have been you know, the feeling of pressure? I think in some instances, pressure played into the fact maybe he didn't have his feet exactly where he wanted to be able to drive the football downfield. But that's ultimately what causes Brock Purdy to have his first interception. The ball is thrown significantly behind Brandon Ayuk, and really there's no reason for it. Brandon Ayuk has plenty of room in front of him to be able to catch the football and get yards after the catch. There's no risk of a safety getting to the play. With the design of the play, Kyle Shanahan had taken Rodney McLeod out of the middle of the field and kept him at bay so he could make that throw to Brandon Ayuk. So Brock Purdy was just a little bit off. And guess what? That happens in the NFL. Quarterbacks have bad days. Offensive linemen have bad days. It's just the way it goes. Everyone can't be the top of their game 17 weeks of the season. What you're hoping is you're better more times than you're not. And when you get into the playoffs, you play the best football that you could possibly play through the playoffs and Super Bowl. That is your ultimate goal. So Brock Purdy's just got to make sure he ties it together. He's got to make sure he puts his body in a good position to be able to throw these footballs down the field with accuracy. So I'm sure they're going to get some work in. Coach Brian Gracie will work on his framework, make sure he's throwing the ball with the proper technique and form to execute these plays. He throws with great anticipation. He just didn't get them where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. So that's something that Brock Purdy's got to make sure he handles this week. If he does, the Fournier's are going to have opportunities against this Vikings defense. The Vikings defense is pretty good. Uh, they give up about 218 yards through the air, which is pretty good in today's NFL. That's nothing uh, to be disappointed about if you're a Vikings fan. That's a pretty good amount on defense. And I went back and watched their game against Kansas City. And they were effective at times against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and that Kansas City Chiefs offense. So they do have the ability to make it difficult for Brock Purdy. 
One of the reasons they can make it difficult for Brock Purdy is Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter has been one of the best edge defenders in the entire league this season. Uh, Daniil Hunter has been one that I've been a fan of since the beginning of the season where there were some conversations about his availability due to contract negotiations. I was all for the San Francisco 49ers exploring that option and bringing in Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter gets after it. Uh, the mix of speed, strength, size, and uh, technique make him a force in this game. And what's one of the big problems? He's going to be lined up over Colton McKivitt's most, if not all, of the football game. That means the 49ers are going to have to make sure they know where number 99 is at all times. Brock Purdy is going to have to make sure that on opportunities to do so, he gets rid of the football and makes it easier for Colton McKivitt's. That also means Kyle Juszczyk helping getting chips. That means Kyle Shanahan bringing receivers in and getting Daniil Hunter in situations where he has to widen out and making it a little bit longer for him to be able to get home to Brock Purdy and around Colton McKivitz. McKivitz is also going to have to guard against the inside move. That has been his bugaboo this season. Yes, they've beaten him around the edge, but he gets his weight displaced and over uh, overextends his body, and they're able to work a spin move or an inside move inside and get home. And of course, the quickest way to get home to the quarterback is an inside route. So that's something that Colton McKivitz is going to have to work on. So Brock Purdy is going to have to make sure he executes uh, and takes advantage of making the proper reads. That's going to be really important in this game. So what am I talking about? Well, the Vikings like to put a lot of players along the line of scrimmage and make you guess who's going to come. They also like a lot of movement. Uh, with their safeties, they put Cameron Bynum and Harrison Smith. Uh, they'll show two deep safety look. Then maybe it'll be a one safety look, or they'll bring they'll have it look like a single high safety look, and then they drop Harrison Smith off late. That type of thing is what Brock Purdy's going to have to make sure he recognizes going from pre snap to post snap, so that way he can accurately uh, figure out what the coverage is and then be able to go where he needs to go with the football. And they do it a pretty good. Uh, they also bring a lot of blitzes, and that's something that Brock Purdy is going to have to worry about in this matchup as well. He's going to have to navigate through blitzes. Now, from what we've seen from Brock Purdy this season, he's done a really good job against the blitz. He did so good against the Giants. They were trying to be hyper-aggressive with him. It was to no success. Brock Purdy won uh, at a rapid pace. And now Cleveland had a little bit of success by confusing the looks and confusing the protections for the San Francisco 49ers offensive line, showing one player on one side, they would slide protect that way, they would bring someone coming from the other side, and they were really throwing off some of the 49ers protections. So that's something Brock's going to have to make sure him and Jake Brendel are on the same page, making sure they make sure uh, there's no players coming free. You don't want situations uh, where you get a Daniel Hunter coming free or a linebacker, or even some of the corners that they will blitz coming off the edge, uh, like a Caleb Evans, or they'll even blitz some of their safeties like Cameron Bynum. You have to make sure you locate the blitzer and then defeat the blitz by throwing where the blitz just vacated. That is where the, the weakness is going to be in the defense. So Brock has a lot on his plate this week, but he does every week. I think this one is just more focused and heightened on him because he could be without some of the weapons. We don't know the status yet as far as game time for Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, or Trent Williams. Being without Debo and Christian McCaffrey, 
could make it a little bit more difficult on this 49ers offense. Of course, Debo Samuel came out and said he's feeling a lot better. He's going to do everything in his power to play on Monday versus the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see what that looks like. We don't know the status of Christian McCaffrey other than it's a pain tolerance issue, but we don't know how much pain he's in. So these are things that are going to have to be answered during the week, which means Brock Purdy's got to make sure he's on his P's and Q's. He's locked in for this matchup, and he can take over and make sure he distributes the football to all the other players he still has. He still has Brandon Ayuk. He still has George Kittle. He's still going to have third and Jawan, and he's going to have a significant run game, at least the ability to have one with Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason behind him. So he's going to have an opportunity to make sure he can win in these situations, but he's got to get him in the right call. Single high safety, try to throw the ball if you're Brock. Uh, Two high safety, check to a run, get it to Mitchell, get it to Mason, and let them get some yardage on the ground. The Minnesota Vikings give up 112 yards rushing per game, so you can think the 49ers will be able to establish a run game. Anything from 120 to 130 yards in this football game means the 49ers have a really good shot at winning because that will slow down the blitz for the Minnesota Vikings. That will protect the offensive line. It will presumably make sure they stay on schedule and don't face third and longs, which they have to do. And it'll also take some of the pressure off Brock because now they'll be able to run play action and get those linebackers to engage so they can't drop as far as they were last week with Owosu Karamoa almost coming down with a pick because he got a little bit extra drop on a ball down the field. So those types of things are pivotal to Kyle Shanahan's offense, and Brock Purdy is the right guy. He can handle this. I have full faith in Brock still that he's going to be able to go out there, make the proper reads, get the four yards in the right situations, call the right play, and then the team can execute against this Minnesota Vikings offense. Not easy, but Brock can do it. So recognizing blitz, recognizing single high safety looks, which means eight-man boxes, Warriors can still run against it. They did against Cleveland the entire first drive. All those plays were against an eight-man box. It was actually pretty impressive. Then he has to make proper reads. Whether the blitz is coming or not, he has to recognize where he needs to go with the football, and then he needs to execute and be accurate with the football. If he does that, he'll, that means he takes care of the football. The 49ers stay on schedule. They convert on third down. In those cases, that means the 49ers win. So there's a lot on Brock Purdy's shoulders, but I fully believe he has the ability to not only get it done, but to exceed expectations. And if doesn't matter if it's McCaffrey and Debo or not, I feel like Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense have enough weapons with Kyle Shanahan calling the correct plays be able to execute enough to beat the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, I think they can do really well if they execute. So uh, still very comfortable, even without Debo and McCaffrey. I'd love to have Debo and McCaffrey. I definitely love to have uh, Trent Williams as well. We'll see how that plays out as we continue to go through the week. Other matchups uh, to talk about. I, I brought up Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason. It's going to be significant for them to be able to get a run game going. So one thing that Christian McCaffrey has brought to the 49ers is consistency in the run game. The 49ers have been averaging well over 140 yards per game. They're at 146 right now, and they had been at at one time over 150 plus yards on the ground every game. So even though Cleveland played the 49ers well, the 49ers still got 106 yards on the ground. 
It just shows that they're a very good rushing attack. And if Christian McCaffrey's out, it needs to be Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. And I'm not going to get caught up in on who it sh who should it be right now. Should it be Elijah Mitchell? Should it be Jordan Mason? I will say this. I think both of them add something to the 49ers run game. They run in different styles. They're different types of runners. Where you get Elijah Mitchell, he has great vision. He recognizes holes, and he gets vertical extremely fast. He's a physical runner, but he doesn't break tackles like Jordan Mason, where Jordan Mason breaks arm tackles and gets extra yards and falls forward as one of the best running backs to do it in the league. I think it's a nice one-two punch between the two of them. I think they're going to be physical. I think they're going to run hard. The thing is, Elijah Mitchell gives you an added aspect in the passing game. But when he's out there, you can still split him out wide in the slot, and they have to honor him being out there because he has the potential to win. He's proven it in this league that he can go out there and run some of the routes that they expect you know, from a like Christian McCaffrey, whip routes, uh, Texas routes, uh, wheel routes. He can handle those, and he can catch the football, and he's dangerous with the ball in his hands in the open field. So I think that that's one area the 49ers need to make sure they keep in their game plan is still using the running backs to take advantage of matchups against the Minnesota Vikings defense. Jordan Mason, I don't know. I know he can catch the ball. I have no problems with him catching it. I just don't think he is as good as Elijah Mitchell, and sure as heck, no one's as good as Christian McCaffrey catching the ball in the backfield because it doesn't always start in the backfield for the 49ers. But I think if they split out Jordan Mason in the slot, I think the Minnesota Vikings would feel really comfortable about putting a linebacker out there one-on-one -on -one and feel like they could do a pretty good job. Where with Elijah Mitchell, I hope they do that. That's advantage 49ers and an opportunity for them to win but also an opportunity to get a matchup that you like even better, uh, including getting one of your skilled wide receivers maybe matched up on somebody else, a safety or uh, a linebacker on the interior as you move these guys around with personnel groupings. And, of course, Brock can make it really easy on these running backs by figuring out what Minnesota is trying to do. If it's a single high safety or a double, uh, a two high safety, if it's too high, run the football. That'll give these guys opportunities, and that'll help the 49ers run game along the way as well. Also, George Kittle versus Cameron Bynum and Harrison Smith. The last week, one of the big arguments and one of the things I've heard, uh, you know, you just had Kittle score three touchdowns against Dallas, and it's crazy sometimes. I actually seen people calling for George Kittle to be traded. Uh, no, I mean, George Kittle, yes, he only had one catch for one yard. But if you go back and you watch the All-22, which I have, and in fact, I've put my film breakdowns over on Patreon Go check those out. I broke down the entire offense, first half and second half, so it's up there. Uh, but George Kittle had some opportunities down the field. The ball just didn't find him. It was usually because of circumstance, either pressure uh, you know, or somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do somewhere else. So it, it wasn't so much that it was George Kittle's fault. And once McCaffrey and Debo got out, they definitely went to take away Kittle. So it wasn't so much Kittle's fault as it was circumstance. Sometimes that happens. Uh, so I look for George Kittle to try to bounce back. But this is going to be a tough matchup. Cameron Bynum played very well against Travis Kelsey a couple weeks back. He was all over him. And Harrison Smith, we know he's got a lot of talent as well. So Kyle Shanahan's going to be using George Kittle to move all over the place, using him in blocking, uh, using him in some of these matchups. And he has to win. Uh, this is one of those key matchups the 49ers need to win. Is George Kittle getting open and making plays? So that way everything is not on Brandon Ayuk, 
you can't keep all the pressure on Brandon Ayuk. We need George Kittle to be the all-pro tight end he can be. I think he's going to get open. I think he's going to make catches. Whether Debo and McCaffrey are there, Kyle Shanahan will scheme it up for him to be able to have opportunities, and he still can prove that he's one of the best tight ends in the entire league, and I think he will in this game. So that's going to be an interesting matchup, getting those matchups, especially against the Blitz, uh, because they like to blitz those guys too, those safeties. If they blitz and George Kittle has some freedom, got to be able to recognize what he's supposed to do. He's the hot route, get the football and make something happen afterwards. And that's something Brock Purdy is going to have to be very well equipped on this week is where's my hot, make sure I locate it, uh, you know, determine where the blitz is coming from and then locate my hot route and get the ball out quickly. Make sure you stay on schedule First and second success leads to third and short, which ultimately leads to third down success. Can't go three of 12 again like you did against Cleveland and expect to win a football game. Convert on third down, say, take care of the football, and you'll be just fine. And then Brandon Ayuk. You know, Brandon Ayuk was still getting open. Uh, Brandon Ayuk probably is uh, upset. He had a couple opportunities to score touchdowns last week against Cleveland, and they didn't work out. Who's going to be looking to make... Uh, some big-time plays in this game against the Vikings. And I think I like one of the matchups, and that's Brandon Ayuk versus Caleb Evans. Uh, so we we know that the Minnesota Vikings have a very talented you know, defense, and they have some good cornerbacks as well. Uh, Byron Murphy plays the other side. And so I think the 49ers would like to get some of the matchups of a Caleb Evans versus Brandon Ayuk and see what Ayuk can do in the open field once he gets wins. On that last drive last week against Cleveland, we saw it. He was able to get free and then get up the field and get some really positive yards. And that absolutely jump-started the 49ers offense on that last drive. But he also beat Denzel Ward deep. Uh, if he didn't hesitate at the top of his route, he probably would have the ball right in his chest for a touchdown. And so those are some things that I know Ayuk is going to want to take advantage of in this football game. And he's going to be a big focus for the Minnesota Vikings if Christian McCaffrey and Debo aren't out there. They're going into that game to take away Brandon Ayuk and to take away George Kittle. And those guys still have to find ways to win. They have to make sure uh, they can be effective. And a lot of that's going to go into that. Once that running game gets established and the Vikings have to commit to stopping the run, that's going to leave opportunities for one-on-one matchups for each of them. And when Brock Purdy locates them, he has to make sure he gets them the football uh, so they can win. And that's going to be huge in this football game. And then, of course, once they get Makai Blackman in the game in the nickel situation, 49ers have been running a lot of 21 personnel, which is two running backs, one tight end, which usually keeps defenses in their base sets. Uh, but if the Vikings decide to go nickel against the 49ers 11 personnel, that's three wide receivers, um, one tight end, then, yeah, I think that sometimes you'll see uh, Makai Blackman. And when that happens, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, they have to win. Whoever's on him needs to make sure they win those. I think I would love it if it was Debo Samuel. I think that's a good situation for Debo. I think he could win consistently. Uh, one thing I noticed on film, Minnesota Vikings fly around. They absolutely fly around and make plays. Uh, pretty good tacklers. So the yak attacks got to make sure they get some extra yardage on some of these plays. Uh, that's for sure. So Brock Purdy is going to be a big emphasis in this game making sure he pulls the trigger in the right way. And right, these are some of the question marks that people have had about him. Can he succeed, you know, when he doesn't have all the playmakers around him? And the answer is yes. Uh, we've seen him do it before without 
Joe Ayuk. We've seen him do it before without Kittle. We've seen him do it before, uh, with you know, for short pe- uh, patches of time without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so he he can definitely get it done. And I think this is going to be one of those games where Kyle Shanahan somewhat leans on Brock Purdy, and they go out there, and they realize this is how they have to do it to be able to consistently win. And I think they're going to get it done in this game. So I'm I'm super hyped about the 49ers getting back out there on Monday Night Football and be able to reaffirm themselves as one of the best teams in the league. Minnesota Vikings are not a pushover, uh, so it'll be a tough test for the 49ers, but I think it's a, a test they're up for that they can definitely go in there and win. Uh, but you know, there's some key matchups that are going to have to go to help Brock Purdy, and a lot of it has to do with protection. Colt McKivis versus Neil Hunter. That's going to be absolutely crazy. Can the 49ers walk in with a win? Uh, I think they have the opportunity to do so, and I think they can, uh, but they're going to have to make sure they go out there and execute. Execution is the key to make sure you know you you get the victory. The 49ers have the tools to do it. They have the quarterback. They have the other players to do it, whether McCaffrey and Debo are out there, whether Trent Williams is out there. Uh, you still got to win football games. You got to have that next man up mentality. It's tough when those are the big-time players. Those are three all-pro caliber players but it could be huge in this football game for Brock to be able to step up and assert himself as a leader and make all these big-time throws. And just knowing the moxie of the kid, I really do think he's going to do do that in this game. So uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Really appreciate it. If you're listening on audio platform, 40 yards cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. And just like always, this episode is bet are brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Lots of content coming out this week. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.